Domination by Eva After. I'll kill you, Ted said, even though, or perhaps because, he was a lawyer. To which I reacted with dismissal, or maybe just disbelief at the time. No one had ever verbalized that wish to me in my whole life. I'd not grown up in places where people waved arms or menaced one another, even though things were certainly never that rosy, even though there was surely tension and covert manipulation, even though people in the United States can carry concealed weapons. But I'd never received a death threat. Trying to laugh off his idiotic declaration, I remember thinking how crazy it would be to kill someone for so little as we sipped a crisp white Venetian wine. We were sitting at the Mori Venice Bar in Paris. I thought it was Sunday lunch, but now I see they're not open that day, so who knows when? And why would that detail change anything anyway? It was still a menace de mort, as they say in French. It was probably nothing, I've tried to reason since. Ted was just being brash and speaking off the top of his head, out of emotion. But Ted never did that. He was a lawyer. He's always weighed every single thing he said and never, ever put any of it in writing. I've been thinking of those four words ever since, though. I mean... How could I really ever get them out of my head? I, the first person singular subject, by which Ted was referring to himself. Will, an auxiliary, which modifies the verb into its future sense. Kill, an action verb, signifying the deprivation of another being's life snuffing them out, eliminating any life force within them. And you, the object, by which Ted was indicating me, Eva, his wife. It's impossible to unhear those words once they've been uttered. It's impossible to unknow something so violent when it's been directed at you. It's impossible to ever forget them, to brush them aside, or to pretend they didn't matter, were never pronounced or even thought in the head of not just anyone, but the very man I was married to. I've been wondering, as they've been on my mind for so long now, if those words coming out of someone else's mouth would be any different. I imagine the pharmacist or the boulanger, a bus driver or the postman addressing them to me and honestly find their impact chilling no matter who uses them, but they were directed at me by the man with whom I was living. My own husband strung them together like beads into a short sentence. A proclamation, an affirmation, a fulmination, an omen, or just a bluff. 
he gave them to me alone as we were seated in the subdued, distinctly designed dining room, Shea Mori, with its discreet, elegant service, savoring the refined dishes of the starred chef while speaking of our future. I find their violence egregious, monstrous, heinous now, looking back on that day. It was in February of 2015. There was a bit of disaccord between us, but I couldn't tell if it was because I'd purchased that new black jacket the day before without asking Ted's approval, or whether it was just renovation tension as we were in the middle of transforming our newly acquired future home. I didn't realize at the time that Ted had been plotting to leave me for months already. I didn't recognize that the fatigue on his face and in his eyes stemmed from the extraordinary effort he was making to juggle his crazy nocturnal spying sprees with his normal daily work schedule, trying to keep it all together so he could gather as much information on me as possible in order to construct a story, a house of cards, accusing me of conspiring to abscond from our couple myself. Ted was not only my husband then, he was my legal counsel too, and he'd built our whole life around rules only he himself knew well. Ted understood just how to structure our investments so that he alone would profit from them later. He'd engineered our estate. He'd made himself property manager, such that he'd be in charge. He kept me poor and powerless on paper so that he'd have the upper hand, so that he'd keep all our capital for himself, no matter what would occur, so that as the patriarch, he'd get all the credit. Since he was the one who was solvent, the courts would surely say. It was only in divorce, therefore, expecting to obtain shared custody of our effects, that I realized the first phase of what Ted had meant by murder. He'd kill me financially first. Whether or not he would ever see the color of our money during his lifetime, he would go to any lengths at all to make sure that I would never get a whiff of it myself while alive. If you stay, you'll have everything, he'd say. But if you ever leave me, you'll have nothing at all. If I didn't perform to his desires, if I didn't play the game by his rules, if I didn't behave like Ted wished, doing the things Ted wanted when he demanded them, then he'd make me pay. That's all. Hence, that tight, concise, four-word phrase he threw at me in the restaurant. It wasn't at all innocent. Ted used those exact four words to hurt me, to gouge me, to destabilize and frighten me. He used them to illustrate that I'd never get out of our relationship alive, that he wouldn't allow me 
to just walk away, that he'd have me crawling, cowering, groveling, begging for mercy. He wanted me to know that he'd bleed me to death and then stomp all over me, financially at least, if he didn't do it for real. Ted didn't pronounce them en l'air. Those words have weight. They mean what they say. They're meant to control. I guess I hadn't understood who he was all along, nor could I have fathomed how far Ted would be willing to go to get his own way. I had no idea all those years we were married that crushing me was the real game he relished, and that he'd never, ever stop playing until he won. Male Violence against women is never a question of passion. It's always sexual and sexist and stems from a desire to dominate. Six women are literally killed every hour by men. 140 women per day globally. 50,000 women a year all over the world. 30,000 are killed by their current or previous intimate partners. 20,000 by male family members. All by the hands of men these women knew and should have been able to trust. Men's violence against women is one of the leading causes of premature death for women globally. 